0: My name's Joe Flanagan, I'm CEO of Women's Health Tasmania, and I'm sitting here talking to Jen, one of my colleagues, who is here both in a capacity as a health worker and as a member of the LGBTI community. Hi, Jo. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for doing this. It's well, a pleasure. It's a trip out in the Prius, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, recently you were on a panel with uh, a group of bi women, was it, for Biodiversity
1: Day or Bi People? Uh, bi People, yes. Yeah. yeah. And was that fun? Um it was really informative um Ruby Grant talked about her research um there was a gentleman there whose name escapes me and he was a lovely man um, talking about some research as well that's been done um, around health and mental health uh, for the bi community. So it it was really informative. Um, Some of it was a little depressing. Was it? Yeah, because the health outcomes for bi people aren't always uh, great. Um, And also, I guess, for me, when I spoke, I got... um, a little bit emotional I'd had um, something interesting happen the day before um, so well actually not it was that day um, kind of around uh, by visibility um, and but anyway so it was it was actually quite an emotional day but the really great thing was actually being in a room with other people who identify as bi or pansexual who actually get you And uh, when all of us spoke, you know, to have people that are really understanding, it's their experience, um, is a really supportive environment to be in.
0: Do you think bi people are more invisible than, say, same sex attractive people? Absolutely,
1: because we're often um, identified by our partner. You know, so if people see you in a relationship, particularly a long-term relationship with a woman, then they assume that you're a lesbian. Uh, if you're in a long-term relationship with a man, then of course they um, see you as straight. And I mean, while some bifolk are polyamorous, most aren't. So how do people know, I guess? They, they just kind of put you in a box depending on who your partner is.
0: Yeah. Is it important to, that people know?
1: That people know that you buy. For yeah. some people, absolutely. For yeah. me, it is because um, it's not just about, uh, I guess, the person I'm in a relationship with. My bisexuality is kind of a bit of a, I suppose, a political statement as well. It's about me occupying uh, that space in between, so that I guess people are aware that everything's not straight or gay, and everything's not black or white. That there's these areas in between, the shades of grey, or I like to call it the shades of purple. Because <laughs> the bisexual flag is actually um, a pink triangle and a blue triangle overlapping and that space where they overlap is purple or violet. So, yeah. And that's where bi exists.
0: Yep. Yeah. Why is it that um, bi people have worse health outcomes?
1: Well, I think it's because, uh, well there's it's probably a whole lot of reasons but I think it is because they are invisible because people don't know they exist or if they do there's a lot of pressure on you from both the straight community and the gay community to pick a team because everyone wants well a lot of people want things in neat boxes so there's this kind of pressure to to pick a side and sadly um for bi folk uh, a lot of that pressure will often come from the queer community, so from gays and lesbians Um, they really want you to kind of pick a team and stick to it Um, there's that, I think there's also because you don't fit neatly into a box and you're feeling that pressure from society and it's a really hard coming out process Um, for some bi people you know, they might think at first maybe I am gay or lesbian, Um, then when they realise they're not not fitting neatly into society's little boxes can cause a lot of, I guess, um, mental anguish, uh, you know, making, you know, confused for yourself as well, I guess. Particularly if you don't know that it is possible to be bi, you know. For some people it's not until they meet other bi folk that they actually realise, hey, it's okay, Mm -hmm. this is who I am, there are other people like me, I'm not alone. How do you find other bi folk? (laughs) Um, Well, hopefully you'd be able to find them in the queer community, but not always. When I first came out as bi um, down here in Tassie, um, I think initially I only knew of one other person that was um, bi, and it wasn't until I went to the International Bisexuality Conference in Sydney that I kind of met a whole lot of other bi folk which was an amazing experience. It was really wonderful, people from all around the world, bi activists. Uh, Fritz Klein, who wrote The Bisexual Option, he is um, a doctor researcher from the US, and done a lot of research and kind of expanded uh, Fritz Klein's, uh, sorry, um, not Fritz Klein, because that's who I'm talking about, what was his name? Kinsey's, you know Kinsey's Scale of Sexuality. He actually developed a grid of sexuality, Fritz Klein, and talked about uh, attraction on all sorts of levels, so emotionally, uh, politically, um, uh, sexual, so just pure sexual attraction, and there were a few other things and made up this kind of grid. And really, in reality, I think a lot more people fit in that grey area than they do on either end. But that societal pressure to pick the team means that you know most people are either on one end or the other. But I think a lot of us would probably find that on some level, whether it's emotional attraction or physical attraction, are probably in that grey area, that purple area.
0: How far are we away from a day when people will you know, know their sexuality quite young and feel okay about saying it and...
1: I hope it's soon, but the political climate and how we seem to be getting more and more conservative, Mm -hmm. it feels like it could even go a bit backwards, really. Mm -hmm. Particularly when you've got leaders such as we do at the moment and people like Israel Folau coming out saying pretty horrendous things, you kind of wonder whether things might go backwards before we move forwards again
0: tell me about when you went to their conference
1: what was it like it must have been amazing oh it was it was awesome and it just again just being in the room with people that get you you know you didn't have to explain you just everyone um, was the same and uh, well not we didn't all have the same experiences but very similar experiences um, and I learnt a lot about what uh, people were doing overseas um, with regards to bioactivism and um, supporting each other um, there was a w- wonderful older woman called Bobby Keppel from um, the US who was uh, very active around uh, elders in the bio community and in the queer community in general so tell me about bi
0: what kind of things uh, are bi-activists advocating for? Absolutely?
1: Well, <laughs> sadly then and still now for recognition in the queer community a lot of the time, uh, for queer organisations uh, to actually really include us, not just put the B in, you know, include the B and the whole LGBTIQ+, but actually really thinking about um, bi-issues in particular. So that was a big part of it. Just being visible um, was huge as well, so just, I guess, raising awareness that we're actually here. And Jen, you don't have to answer this
0: question, but personal stories are interesting. How did you realise
1: what happened that made you realise, this is me? okay. So... I um, was in relationships you know, just with men um, until my late uh, 20s and then um, when my marriage ended I fell in love with a woman for the first time and when I fell in love with her and she was uh, identified as uh, lesbian um, that's when I realised that I was also attracted to women and then of course I guess for somebody who's bi and you know kind of grown up in that world where everybody was straight you, you do look at women but you think you're only looking at women like other women do admiring them you know and with hindsight you go hmm actually <laughs> I was probably attracted to women as well all along I just hadn't fallen in love with one um so yeah so it really wasn't until I had that first relationship and then of course because she was a lesbian she's like well now you're a lesbian and I'm thinking hang on but that kind of negates all of those relationships that I had with men. Um, I'm not, not, there weren't thousands of them, I shouldn't say all those. <laughs> but it negates all those happy um, relationships that I had with men that I really enjoyed. And so I thought, well, actually, no, I'm not a lesbian. Yes, I'm in love with you. I'm having a relationship with you, but I'm not uh, a lesbian. And luckily for me, I was at TAFE doing a youth work diploma at the time um, and uh, researching lots of things including the LGBTIQ community and you know, was reading and found stuff uh, about bisexuality, even did a few assignments around the topic so I guess I kind of felt quite empowered. Did you have mentors? Um, Mentors in the bi community? Mm. No. Do you think that would have made a difference? Yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, I found myself being a mentor pretty pretty quick. Working it out had um, just kind of got off the ground and uh, they had their Befriend program and I was working in the same building as Working It Out and I was approached by um, the worker there to be a befriender. So very quickly I found myself uh, providing support uh, for bi folk that were coming out
0: and you talked about the poor health outcomes for bi women. Can you describe
1: <coughs> what the biggest issues are? I'd have to say probably mental health, uh, substance abuse, so um, drugs and alcohol and smoking, I think, are the big ones for bi women. And also um, another thing that a lot of bi women face too is physical, where uh, family violence so um, it because it, if they're in a, a relationship well it can go either way I mean obviously um, family violence happens in same sex relationships as well so um, I can't think of the research that I read but they actually found that bi women um, experience uh, family violence because particularly if they're not out publicly in the um, partner can use that against them, or um, even if they are out, uh, the f- uh, partner being violent because they are same-sex attracted, and uh, as well as opposite and jealousy and all sorts of things. So, and I think whenever you're different, um, it kind of makes you more vulnerable. Whenever you don't fit into a particular box, I think you're more vulnerable.
0: Mm, we're seeing a rising kind of rate of psychological distress among women, particularly in Tasmania at the moment anyway. So, yep. yeah, I can, if you're, if you're within that group and more vulnerable, I can see that it would be very hard. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what is it that you like about being bi? Um, I've always, and my mum always uh, used to talk to me about seeing things from different points of view and uh, knowing that nothing has ever Uh, black or white, right or wrong. And I think being bisexual and occupying that space in between for me anyway, it has always um, allowed me to see things from different perspectives because I'm not on one side or the other so I feel like I'm more open to other possibilities and I think that's a really wonderful thing because when you do come to I guess settle on a particular point of view you're kind of taking in all those other viewpoints and I feel like it's um, a more whole perspective but also you can empathize with others because you can kind of step in to their shoes to see things from other perspectives so I think that's a real positive absolutely
0: and do you often get calls at work women asking to talk about these kinds of issues?
1: Not so much from bi women over the years, but I have had calls from women who are um, in relationships with men who are having sex with men. Um, So that's been the kind of contact that I guess that I've had at work. Mm -hmm. I have had, oh no, actually I have had um, one bi woman that used to come in a bit and talk about her um, uh, struggle with her bisexuality because she also uh, was religious uh, and uh, it was difficult for her um, to be out and particularly in her church she couldn't so that was one particular woman but yeah, the other contact has been from women whose partners are having sex with men which is a whole (laughs) another thing. There's actually a service in New South Wales, the Leichhardt Women's Health Service, run a service called um, Women Partners of Bisexual Men. And we actually have a book in the library um, with stories from women who found out that their husbands or partners um, were also same-sex attracted. Hmm.
0: So Jen, one of the things we've been curious about is people's experiences of health services. Yep.
1: How have you found it going to health services? (laughs) Um, It kind of depends really. Um, I think uh, when I first came out I had a a GP, he he was lovely but um, he uh, made the assumption that I was a lesbian and um, was surprised once when I asked for a pap smear because he said lesbians don't uh, don't need pap smears which is completely incorrect anyway because all women need pap smears. and uh, and of course, I also informed him that I was bisexual. But then later on when I was in a relationship with a man and I went to him uh, for the pill, again, there was kind of this surprise and, you know, oh, you want to go on the pill, what do you um, Which, you know, it's kind of tiring having to educate Um, GPs and luckily for me I'm pretty strong and out and proud so it was okay but then asking inappropriate questions like he actually asked me if I slept with a woman would it be cheating um, on my male partner
0: Right, that's possibly taking your uh, community education role a bit further than is (laughs) appropriate Absolutely,
1: yes (laughs) It is indeed but I guess the other thing, too, is, you know, um, service providers just assuming, um, you know, not saying, they often say, your um, husband, or, you know, they just assume that you've got a male partner. So I guess the best thing that any service can do is to just use really gender-neutral language. Um, if they're not sure, to ask, uh, is your partner male or female? Um or um, maybe even just say what is the gender of your partner because, you know, somebody might not identify as male or female. They might be genderqueer. So just asking those questions and um, not being frightened to ask, I guess, um, about how you have sex, you know, because even if you were in a relationship, for instance, with a... A transgender woman so she's identifying as a woman but she might be pre-op you might still be having um, uh, you know intercourse as a man and a woman would so you know just not being frightened I guess to ask those questions about how you're having sex and are you having safe sex and making sure that all of those uh, appropriate um, tests and things yeah. are done yeah. Great, right, thanks yeah.